Chapter Fourteen of A Hazard of New Fortunes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Why, Alma whispered the mother, "Who in the world can it be at this time of night? You don't suppose he? Well, I'm not going to the door anyhow, mother. I don't care who it is, and of course he wouldn't be such a goose as to come at this hour." She put on a look of miserable trepidation and shrank back from the door while the hum of the bell died away in the hall. "'What shall we do?' asked Mrs. Leighton helplessly. "'Let him go away, whoever they are,' said Alma. Another and more peremptory ring forbade them refuge in this simple expedient. "'Oh, dear, what shall we do? Perhaps it's a dispatch.' The conjecture moved Alma to no more than a rigid stare. "'I shall not go,' she said. A third ring, more insistent than the others, followed, and she said, "'You go ahead, Mamma, and I'll come behind to scream if it's anybody. We can look through the side-lights at the door first. Mrs. Leighton fearfully led the way from the back chamber where they had been sitting, and slowly descended the stairs. Alma came behind and turned up the hall gas-jet with a sudden flash that made them both jump a little. The gas inside rendered it more difficult to tell who was on the threshold, but Mrs. Leighton decided from a timorous peep through the scrims that it was a lady and gentleman. Something in this distribution of sex emboldened her. She took her life in her hand and opened the door. The lady spoke. "'Does Mrs. Leighton live here?' she said in a rich throaty voice, and she feigned a reference to the agent's permit she held in her hand. "'Yes,' said Mrs. Leighton. She mechanically occupied the doorway while Alma already quivered behind her with impatience of her impoliteness. "'Oh,' said the lady, who began to appear more and more a young lady, "'I didn't know, but I had mistaken the house. I suppose it's rather late to see the apartments, and I must ask you to pardon us.' She put this tentatively, with a delicately growing recognition of Mrs. Leighton as the lady of the house and a humorous intelligence of the situation in the glance she threw Alma over her mother's shoulder. "'I'm afraid we must have frightened you.' "'Oh, not at all,' said Alma, and at the same time her mother said, "'Will you walk in, please?' The gentleman promptly removed his hat and made the Leightons an inclusive bow. "'You are very kind, madam, and I am sorry for the trouble we are giving you.' He was tall and severe-looking, with a grey trooperish moustache and iron-grey hair, and, as Alma decided, iron-grey eyes. His daughter was short, plump, and fresh-coloured, with an effect of liveliness that did not all express itself in her broad-voweled, rather formal speech, with its odd valuations of some of the auxiliary verbs, and its total elision of the canine letter. "'We are from the South,' she said, "'and we arrived this morning. "'But we got this card from the broker just before dinner, "'and so we are rather late.' "'Not at all. "'It's only nine o'clock,' said Mrs. Leighton. "'She looked up from the card the young lady had given her, "'and explained, "'We haven't got in our servants yet, "'and we had to answer the bell ourselves, and—' "'You were frightened, of course,' said the young lady caressingly. "'The gentleman said they ought not to have come so late.' and he offered some formal apologies. "'We should have been just as much scared any time after five o'clock,' Alma said to the sympathetic intelligence in the girl's face. She laughed out. "'Of course! 
i would have had my heart in my mouth all day long too if i was livin in a big house alone a moment of stiffness followed mrs leighton would have liked to withdraw from the intimacy of the situation but she did not know how it was very well for these people to assume to be what they pretended but she reflected too late she had no proof of it except the agent's permit they were all standing in the hall together and she prolonged the awkward pause while she examined the permit you are mr woodburn she asked in a way that alma felt implied he might not be yes madam from charlottesburg virginia he answered with a slight umbrage a man shows when the strange cashier turns his check over and questions him before cashing it alma writhed internally but outwardly remained subordinate she examined the other girl's dress and decided in a superficial consciousness that she had made her own bonnet i shall be glad to show you my room said mrs leighton with an irrelevant sigh you must excuse their being not just as i should wish them we're hardly settled yet don't speak of it madam said the gentleman if you can overlook the trouble we are giving you at such an unreasonable hour i'm a housekeeper myself miss woodburn joined in and i know how to account for everything mrs leighton led the way upstairs and the young lady decided upon the large front room and the small side room on the third story she said she could take the small one and the other was so large that her father could both sleep and work in it she was not ashamed to ask if mrs leighton's price was inflexible but gave way laughing when her father refused to have any bargaining with a haughty self-respect which he softened to deference for mrs leighton his impulsiveness opened the way for some confidence from her and before the affair was arranged she was enjoying in her quality of clerical widow the balm of the virginian's reverent sympathy they said they were church people themselves i don't know what your mother means by your house not being kept in order the young lady said to alma as they went downstairs together i'm a great housekeeper myself and i mean what i say they had all turned mechanically into the room where the Leightons were sitting, where the Woodmans rang. Mr. Woodman consented to sit down, and he remained listening to Mrs. Leighton while his daughter bustled up to the sketches pinned round the room and questioned Alma about them. "'I suppose you are going to be a great artist,' she said, in friendly banter, when Alma owned to having done the things. "'I've a great notion to take a few lessons myself. Who's your teacher?' alma said she was drawing in mr wetmore's class and miss woodburn said well it's just beautiful miss leighton it's grand i suppose it's right expensive now my goodness we have to count the cost so much nowadays it seems to we we can do nothing but count it i'd like to have something once without asking the price well if you didn't ask it said alma i don't believe mr wetmore would ever know what the price of his lessons was he has to think when you ask him. "'Why, he must be charming,' said Miss Woodburn. "'Perhaps I might get the lessons for nothing from him. Well, I believe in my soul I'll try. Now, how did you begin? And how do you expect to get anything out of it?' She turned on Alma, eyes brimming with a shrewd mixture of fun and earnest, and Alma made note of the fact that she had an early nineteenth-century face, round, arch, a little coquettish, but extremely sensible and unspoiled-looking, 
such as used to be painting a good deal in miniature at the period a tendency of her brown hair to twine and twist at the temples helped the effect a high comb would have completed it alma felt if she had her bonnet off it was almost a yankee country girl type but perhaps it appeared so to alma because it was like that pure anglo-saxon alma herself with her dull dark skin slender in figure slow in speech with aristocratic forms in her long hands and the oval of her fine face pointed to a long chin felt herself much more southern in style than this blooming bubbling bustling virginian i don't know she answered slowly going to take portraits suggested miss woodman or just paint the ideal a demure burlesque lurked in her tone i suppose i don't expect to paint at all said alma i'm going to illustrate books if anybody will let me i should think they'd just jump at you said miss woodburn i'll tell you what let's do miss leighton you make some pictures and i'll write a book for them i got to do something i might as well write a book you know we southerners have all had to go to work but don't mind it i tell papa i shouldn't care for the disgrace of being poor if it wasn't for the inconvenience yes it's inconvenient said alma but you forget it when you're at work don't you think my yes perhaps that's one reason why poor people have to work so hard to keep their wands off their poverty the girls both tittered and turned from talking in a low tone with their backs toward their elders and faced them well madison said mr woodburn it's time we should go i bid you good-night madam he bowed to mrs leighton good-night he bowed again to alma his daughter took leave of them in formal phrase but with a jolly cordiality of manner that deformalized it we shall be round right soon in the morning then she threatened at the door we shall be all ready for you alma called after her down the steps well alma her mother asked when the door closed upon them she doesn't know any more about art said alma than nothing at all but she's jolly and good-hearted she praised everything that was bad in my sketches and said she was going to take lessons herself when a person talks about taking lessons as if they could learn it you know where they belong artistically mrs leighton shook her head with a sigh i wish i knew where they belonged financially we shall have to get in two girls at once i shall have to go out the first thing in the morning and then our troubles will begin well didn't you want them to begin i will stay home and help you get ready our prosperity couldn't begin without the troubles if you mean boarders and boarders mean servants i shall be very glad to be afflicted with a cook for a while myself yes but we don't know anything about these people or whether they will be able to pay us did she talk as if they were well off she talked as if they were poor po she called it yes how queerly she pronounced said mrs leighton well i ought to have told them that i required the first week in advance mamma if that's the way you're going to act oh of course i couldn't after he wouldn't let her bargain for the rooms i didn't like that i did and you can see that they were perfect ladies or at least one of them alma laughed at herself but her mother did not notice their being ladies won't help if they've got no money it'll make it all the worse 
very well then we have no money either we're a match for them any day there we can show them that two can play at that game End of chapter 14